Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. Craig, I think you're muted unless you really don't want to talk because it's Friday. I get the, uh, I get the, uh, the, the, what is it, the rebellion? It is Friday. <laughs> yeah, I was muted. Sorry. Uh, I'm Craig Edwards when I'm unmuted. <laughs> and I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Friday, September 29th. 2023. September is almost over. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. I'm I'm scared to ask Craig because it's Friday. Sometimes you I, I got a feeling we're gonna be kind of spicy today. So what's what's the theme of the day? Actually, not spicy. Um it's National Coffee Day. So it's a day that Dave and I celebrate um every day, actually. Yeah, it's coffee day every day, all day. It's I only, it, I only it, drink one cup a day. I just never let it get empty. Cup. I just never let <laughs> it get empty. That's that's correct. It's one gallon. Yeah, I I I didn't start drinking coffee until I was uh, in my uh, mid thirties. I didn't drink it at all when I was uh, um, in the military. And people ask me, "How'd you stay awake?" I'm like, yeah, "I never went to sleep." So, yeah, hard hard to wake up when you never go to sleep. It was a couple of years of continuity, huh? Basically, yes. <laughs> I drink coffee. You guys make me look like an amateur. You really do. I mean, you guys drink coffee. So. That's the only well, vice I, I have left. Uh, I used to drink it, you know, um, regularly. And then, you know, when Desert Storm. I had to stay awake so much. I just would constantly drink coffee just to keep, just to hold me steady. So I didn't fall asleep. So, uh, I mean, it was uh, 24 seven. It was on for months and months and months. The elixir of life. Nectar of the gods. Yes. Yes. And at folks, those of you who are still younger and you say coffee doesn't taste good, your taste buds will go through a phase in your life where you'll suddenly like dark chocolate is actually more palatable to older people than the younger people. And all of a sudden you're going to find out that there are flavors of coffee that are amazing. And you're going to start pulling out that cream and you're going to start pulling out that sugar and it doesn't go in there anymore. And you start looking for that really good coffee taste. Well, you get old and bitter. So, you know, it seems a little sweeter to you. Yeah. It's, you, you like your, your, your coffee is like, uh, is like your life old and bitter. Is that what you're saying, Dave? Old, oh, damn. black and bitter. Bittner. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, um, that's what you get for 35 years of drinking together. You know, our, our running joke is Dave and I, when we were younger, we romped and stomped all over this planet. Now we, we ride in the car together, forget what we were talking about and turn the radio down so we can find the address. I don't know what has happened to us. So, all right, National Coffee Day. Well, it is also um, Urban National Wildlife Refuge Day. I have no idea what that's about. Uh, the Urban people had the wildlife. The, the people had the carrier pigeons on the roof of the skyscraper. I don't know. I hope we're not talking about like rodent infestations where that's our urban wildlife or. Yeah, basically uh, to be uh, defined as an urban national wildlife refuge, 
must be within 25 miles of an urban area of 250,000 people or greater. Uh, I guess that would be my neck of the woods because um, I'm not that far from, from Charlotte. Um, but it offers outdoor rack, hiking, bird watching, fishing, etc. Close proximity so, to urban areas. So, yeah. The squirrels in Central Park would be urban wildlife. Oh, you know, Central Park's pretty big, man. Yeah, well, I, I, I've walked it. I know it's pretty big. Yeah. Right? So, so, I walked um, with my wife and she took a cab back. Enjoy your walk. <laughs> right? South to north and, and she took the cab back. The first one, uh, Mr. Bittner, uh, was the John Hines National Wildlife Refuge in Philly. Oh, how about PA. that? 1972. H-E-I-N-Z? Hines? That is correct. Okay, Hines. okay yeah, Hines like ketchup family. Hmm? Yeah, they're, they're from uh, Hines 57. That's from yeah, that's 57 the Philly. Varieties. Yes, sir. And lastly, it is National VFW Day. For those of you who don't know what VFW stands for, it's Veterans Foreign War. Uh, and I think the two guys that I'm looking at on my screen uh, would be eligible to uh, join that, uh, uh, I almost said department, uh, join that uh, club. I am... Um... A past commander of post 8466. Um, I actually struggled to to participate because um, my view of the VFW was when I was growing up, the old guys who drank and smoked at the bar, and that was the VFW hall is. And um, when I started going, that is certainly not what it looks like today. It's very much a service organization. Um, my post was known for um, getting um, those little motorized um, hover scooter things. You know what I'm talking about? People yep. uh, mobility. We would get those, refurbish them, and give them to vets, families of vets, children of vets. Um, and uh, we literally had a warehouse full of them and distributing them throughout North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. And it was very much a service organization so great organization belonged to um uh enjoyed my time immensely uh, uh working closely with those guys cool all right <clears throat> well uh today's topic safety topic because I, I think we've uh talked quite a bit <laughs> on what today is uh but today we're going to talk about safety management systems this is right in tim's wheelhouse it is my happy spot because if you can figure out a way of doing something faster, safer, and cheaper, and you wrote it down, and you're able to train everybody how to do it faster, safer, cheaper, at the end of the day, you've produced a high-quality product safely, consistently, within budget. And that now we're done system. here. I'm Dave Bittner and safety is it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I tell people that there is no secret to being safe, 
a lot of people take it to luck. They just keep doing something until something bad happens and they put a Band-Aid on it and fix it. But it's actually a systematic approach. People who do things a certain way will get consistent outcome. Um, and that is a safety management system. And folks, there's the National Safety Council published a book um, uh, probably about 20 years ago called The Nine Elements of an Effective Safety Management System. And um, it basically just takes nine things that are in all safety management systems that if you do them, the results are very much replicable that you will have reduced injuries, reduced incidents, and the environment will be safer. Nobody's going to eliminate all risk. The only way to do that is shut the doors, go out of business. Um, but it talks about that thing. And uh, although that book is no longer in print and kind of hard to find, um, OSHA has the Safety and Health Management Program Guidelines, which has five pillars, which, by the way, if you read those five pillars and wrote them all out, would come up with nine elements. Uh, um, ANSI Z10 has uh, uh, 10 sections, but if you read those 10 sections of what needs to be in there, guess what? Same nine elements. Um, there is a lot of these systems out there, ISO 45001. They all have basically the exact same thing, management, commitment, and leadership. If you truly have that, that's one of the critical factors. Employee engagement, employee ownership of the process. It's all part of this. Um, documentation. Does your manual meet reality? Now, I'm going to laugh about this. Guys are going to nod in their head. When I say, hey, man, show me your manual. People will say, yeah, here's this manual. This manual's great. We've had it for years. And I find on page seven, it says, insert company name here. And I used to work for a company that was about 18 years old. And it was, I'm just going to use A and B. That's the name of the company, A and B. And when I was looking at their manual, the guy said, my manual's been to court banks, looked at by lawyers. It's right as rain. There's nothing wrong. And the backstory is A and B was like a guy named A and a guy named B. And a guy named B left 15 years ago. Remember, the company's 18 years old. This guy's been gone for 15 of those years, A and B. So I'm looking through his manual. I'm having a meeting, and he's telling me how great his stuff is and how right it is. And it's been tried and true, and so they follow the thing. It's their Bible. It took me five minutes to find B's name as the safety director of the company. Been gone for 15 years. And the person to contact in the event of emergency. Problematic, huh? Yes. And and what it came to light is it was a document control issue. There was probably five different versions of their manual. And the one that he swore was the only approved version was a 15-year-old version. <laughs> so there's a lot of things in there. And and folks, when you bring in companies like, like Exceed Safety, and I'm going to toot our horn, we come in and we do an audit and we look and say, what are you doing right? Leave it alone. What are you doing wrong? Let's fix it. Um, and we we give you those strategies, and and uh, frankly, they're out there online. They're free. But so is the recipe for torts <laughs> and all of the recipes cook these great meals. And if you don't, how come some of the chefs are able to produce these great results with a meal, and 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 other people's look like burnt offering to the gods? Um, and you you have the recipe, but it's how you actually the nuance of applying the recipe, which is why you want to have a safety professional with the right attitude, the right aptitude, and the formula. And the formula is free, folks. 
you know, feel free to ask me. I will tell you the nine things you need. I will send you a list with nine bullet points and, and tell you good luck. Uh, but it can be done. And safety is systematic. It's also cyclical. Um, Craig and I'd let you talk for a little bit on this is once you make a lap around planning, you do it, you check, you act, and then you circle back around again. So just because you had a great year doesn't mean the next year is going to be great because safety is cyclical and you always have to do something. Craig, talk a little bit about your wealth of experience in the cyclical world of safety. <clears throat> so once you've made your plan and and I'll, I'll i'll go through this again you've made your plan um you you execute or you do then you check right a am i doing what i say i'm supposed to be doing and then you act right some people be like oh wait a stands for adjust <laughs> but you want to take action on everything that you've done and then you know to tim's point you do it it is cyclical and then you want to go back through this through the process the next year what did we do right what did we do wrong did we achieve what we set out to achieve if not hopefully we took notes hopefully we have metrics that show us what we did and how we did it and where we succeeded or where we failed and again failure is not a bad word it's just an alternative word for learning okay and in my experience um so that i'm going to try and be as politically correct as possible um we would plan we would do we would check we would act and then the next year would be like, oh, well, let's try something different. And then, okay, nothing wrong with experimentation, but we should stick with what we had. Um, and we would go with the hot new or the new hot, however you want to say that. And then um, there were uh, times where it was just like, okay, we're going to continue on a course. Let's let's see how it turns out and then you start you start noticing um your incidence rates decrease you start noticing more employee engagement you start noticing more management engagement and then someone decides you know what we we need to mix it up we need to do something different so then you start the cycle all over again from zero and i can say that if you are going to be successful what you have what you have determined to be your course you stick with the with the basics you can make minor adjustments tweaks along the way but you you have to stay the course unless there is some serious problems with how you've implemented uh your strategy does that does that sound familiar? I know you're shaking your head. Yes. So I was kind of uh, I was going to elaborate when I first started as a safety professional and, and I said, hey, here's the system. I'm going to execute this. And and this company brought me in. They actually hired me about 
a couple days after they had employee death. They hired me to come in and I was new in my career and I had all the education and and not a ton of safety knowledge. Not, I had knowledge, I didn't have a, uh, experience, but I was definitely experienced as a manager. And I came in and I said, training, which is one of the, the nine elements, training is is important. So I spent two years training everyone to death and we we got good. Our numbers were great. We started to win national awards, but at some point we started plateauing and then instant started creeping back in again because I'd put all my eggs in one element. So then we went back around and um, uh, one of the struggles I had is, is something I talk about a lot is measuring success. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, how do you measure success? And, and Dave and I have had a longer uh, uh conversation on a podcast about um you want to measure proactive things not reactive things so your lack of a negative lack of injuries is not a measure of success it's that you did more training that you did more inspections that you that you managers interacted with workers on a on a more frequent basis those are measures of success um so those are two of the things that I started focusing on was, hey, am I measuring the right proactive things? And the other one is that uh, um, I started looking for other identification. So I, I st- we still did training, but I started changing it up and saying, hey, look, um, I got to identify hazards so I can fix them. Dave, you got a lot of experience in a hazardous environments in your career. Talk a little bit about uh, hazard identification as one of your tools in your toolbox. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about you know tools all together, not just not just uh, uh, hazard identification. You you have to hazard identification is one of them, but uh, you know when it comes to the plan, do check act. You want to look at things like uh, uh, what kind of metrics do you have, uh, what kind of uh, uh, what kind of systems do you have, like what kind of uh, JSAs, JHAs, AHAs, whatever you call them, are you doing? What kind of hazard analysis? Are you using it as a hazard analysis? Is it effective, right? Um, so you want to look at it and you want to review those on a regular basis and say, did we cross all the T's and dot all the I's in the important areas? Is there anything we're missing? And you need to get the people who are doing the job to get the input put there. Um, you know, and, and when you go over this stuff all at the end of the year, you want to use those things. You want to use gap analysis. You know, you you might want to use, you know, different different diagrams and ways to get there. But the point is, is that you, you have to do it, right? You, you have to look at where were we. You have to hit the, the important points uh, and make sure that, to Tim's point, that you're not going back and going, well, we didn't have this many incidents where the year before we did, you need to say, why didn't we or why did we? So I kind of made that a big answer with weaving, <laughs> well, <laughs> weaving I mean, your this, question I, in. But folks, if you haven't figured out, this is one of my passion points because it's it's why safety exists. Is that we have a a systematic approach to safety. Um, we are able to execute it with our clients um, and have a very consistent degree of success of minimizing hazards. So it's 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 my happy spot is is systematic identification assessment and elimination or reduction of hazards um 
you know, through tried and true methods. And, and I would love to say, I thought of this stuff back when I was building the pyramids. I didn't. This stuff has been around systematic safety in formal written terms, started near the end of World War II with airplane manufacturers and, and airlines um, saying, hey, gremlins don't make planes crash. There's things going wrong that make them crash. Uh, hospitals, the union has safety management systems. Um, you know, ISO has them. There, there, there's a lot of systems out there. And again, uh, several years ago, uh, when I was working for the National Safety Council, I traveled all over the country for like two years talking about safety management systems in comparison, which ones work, which ones don't work. And and, I, and I'll let you in. And I'd love to come and give that speech again. But the reality is, is as long as they have those nine four common things, and I don't care how you brand them, and you execute them, you will get results, favorable, positive results. So, you know, folks, this is one of those easy topics for, for all safety people to talk about is that if you know what the recipe is, you can come up with consistent and persistent success. So, measurable is one of those. Uh, Craig, any uh, any comments on your end on uh, safety management systems? Uh, now that uh, Dave talked about all his tools with toolbox and measurables. The only thing I would say uh, is to ensure that you have a way to track your progress. Um, a lot of companies tend to um, and maybe I'm painting with a very broad brush and, and I, I don't like doing that, but <clears throat> if you don't have a way to track your progress and have those metrics easily available to senior leadership, you're going to flounder. They're not going to see any, if they don't see measurable progress that is demonstrable, right? Whether it's uh, a nice, pretty graph or you know, what What have you, some kind of pictogram, something that shows where we're exceeding or, or where, we're, uh, where we're moving forward, where we're falling behind, um, you're liable to find that, well, I don't believe that you're being successful. I don't believe that, you're, that your method or your methodology is sound. Let's just go back to the way we did it before. I'm a huge proponent of metrics. And Dave knows this from when Dave and I worked together. If you can't demonstrate it, and if it's not on paper, or if it's not captured somewhere, it doesn't exist. You have failed. And I again, failure is not a bad word, but you have failed to uh, properly capture and quantify your success in order to procure future success from senior leadership because at the end of the day some companies will say you know what I i'm a firm believer in safety but you're not showing me what i need to see right so i'll give you a, a very informal stat from my career i worked at a company it was a, a nationwide 10,000 15,000 employees and uh, i developed um, new hire safety orientation Started off with four hours, moved to eight hours, and then it moved to 40 hours over the span of like six months. And um, uh, the corporate folks are saying, why am I putting all these new employees through 40 hours of safety training? Um, this included driver training, ergonomic training. For Everybody had first aid CPR. Everybody had a OSHA 10 car. I mean, it just it was it was a very long process. <laughs> um, and at the end of the year, 
the 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 result that I wanted to show them is that new employees are the highest demographic to get hurt in most industries. And I wanted to show them that by going through this additional training that we reduced the the number of injuries. And at the end of the year, we looked at everybody who had went through the program and there were zero lost time or zero recordables, I'm sorry, zero recordable injuries for the year the program was being evaluated. Uh, and I was pretty happy to run in and tell the corporate guys, look, we had zero recordable injuries. And then the HR person came in and made my point a million times better, and I never even tracked it. And I'm telling you the story so that you look at other demographics. That company experienced at that point in the early 2000s an 80% turnover. So eight out of every 10 employees they hired left them within six months. So I had a permanent forever job always running all these new people through. Now, because I wasn't tracking it in my head, I didn't realize I wasn't doing as many new hire orientations or the classes weren't as big every week. Um, and what happened is we ended up with a 80% retention rate. So we flipped from an 80% loss to an 80% retain for one year. And when they said, well, wait a second, this is actually saving us a ton of money um, because you can fail new hire orientation. If you had the wrong attitude toward safety, you just didn't clear orientation. At the end of four days, you were gone. You never made day five. There were people that uh, didn't make it till lunchtime on day one if they had the wrong attitude. I'm not wearing safety glasses. That's stupid. I'll go blind if I wear those things. You went to lunch, you just didn't come back. You know, people would self-screen or I'd self or I'd help you screen yourself out of a job. Uh, and that was a huge plus on those. <laughs> I, I said, you guys are chuckling here. I, I, I don't want to mention the name of the company, but we had five employees start on Monday morning and at 10 o'clock break. There were none left. And uh, the president of the company came and said, Tim, you didn't you didn't want to teach this week? And I'm like, <laughs> these guys, they self-screen. You know, the last two guys, when we went 10 o'clock break, they just got in their cars and left. I'm like, cool. I mean, how many times have you hired somebody? I mean, we have two exper three experienced managers here. You hire somebody, and they have a real tardiness problem. They're always five minutes late. Wouldn't you like to have four days in a training environment before you ever got to work and find out that they showed up late from lunch three out of five days? And they came in late on days two and three in the morning. Screen them out. They're not my employee anymore. You you didn't you didn't lose a lot. You never had to spend time training them because they were still going through their basic safety thing. So those are those huge measures of success and screening uh, for success, guys. I think we're probably over our, our talk our time limit just because I like talking about this topic. Uh, we could certainly talk more and more and more about this, but it is Friday. We want to get people. Uh, on them with their day and a safe weekend. That wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Craig Edwards and Dave Bittner. I'm Dave Bittner. Remember, safety is everyone's business. I'm Craig Edwards. Make it a safe day and a safe weekend. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety, a full-spectrum consulting firm. Visit our website at ExceedSafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety, LLC.